Many people have problems with art and not with reality. So why is art different? It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. Bring it. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. My name is Ando. Hello, my friends. How is life? It uh, it's been a tough period for me this last week. One of those uh, one of those weeks where life grabs you by the sternum and shakes the shit out of you, and uh, that of course makes it uh, a little hard to think about art. I lost someone very dear to me last week at uh, at way too young of an age, and the uh, the world's one artist poorer for it. It sucks pretty bad. So please forgive me if I'm a little distracted this week. But the important thing, we are here, of course, to talk to A. Kessen, the conceptual powerhouse of an artist group based here in Copenhagen. They decided that it was way too much to have all four of them on the uh, mics here. So I had the pleasure of talking to half the group, Tommy Peterson and Søren Peterson. I don't think they're related. I didn't actually ask them. Um, I had a lot of questions for them in the way I usually do. And I found that perhaps at the end of the day, their works really speak for themselves. They have a, a very interesting practice, you guys probably know. But in uh, in certain cases, uh, you know, artists put their efforts into the works and uh, don't have much to actually say about them afterwards. Artists like that don't necessarily obscure the meaning of the works, and that makes uh, makes most of the conversation directly with those works and not with the artists. But we had a relaxing and interesting talk, and I got to hear a lot about their work process and uh, history and about an interesting exhibition they made back in 2014. So uh, please enjoy. Hey, Kesson. If it was one from inside the academy, but then it's now there's a natural interest or natural distance uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, well, I get to ask dumb questions too. Then yeah, I get to like I don't know anything. I don't yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm I'm from the yeah. big dumb America. I don't know anything. I'm a big fan of radio, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, radio. It's perfect. Do you guys listen to any podcasts at all? There's so many good ones out there. Yeah, but it's. I think it's. It's kind of. It's this jungle. It's too, it is too, such a jungle. Too difficult to. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, but radio. Yes, it's cheap to produce, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. a lot of the time, it's so much more intelligent <laughs> that's true there is some sort of thoughtfulness i mean god knows this program isn't it but uh <laughs> but a lot of the times you know if you look at like denmark i was always always very impressed with dr and i know people trash dr a lot and there's a lot to trash them about sure but in general they have a very good um they have a really good attitude towards radio and especially people talk about how it changed and it used to be different, etc. But, uh, for me, I was always very impressed with the kind of way like P one. Okay. Maybe it's a lot of talk and it's very earnest and heavy, but at the same time, they're thinking about what they're doing. They're attempting something. They have a high standard, which they're trying to reach whether they do or not, they're trying to reach a high standard. And that to me is very impressive. And then podcasts in general just has opened up the field. There's yeah. so much. Uh, and it is, it is a wild jungle. It's really, yeah. Yeah. So what, do we have some new kind of where you think this relates to, or, 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 uh, like talks or is it, or do you listen to a lot of different, I listen to a lot of ones. I do listen to some, uh, podcasts about arts. Uh, basically, I listened to one called the modern art notes, which is very, very academic and dry. Very good, but very, very dry. Yeah. And there's another one called Bad at Sports out of Chicago, which is really <laughs> punk rock. <laughs> uh, and they're really punk rock, and it's just chaos, you know. And sometimes it's just unlistenable because they don't edit at all, or they do. But it's, you know, it's it's kind of... And it's also interviews. So. Yeah. yeah. And they just go around to people's studios and talk to people. Uh, they have... Uh, they worked at Volta. They've had booths there. Mm. and uh, mm. But they're completely... Um, 
batshit crazy mm-hmm. in, a, in a in a weird way. But it's 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 nice because it is very much more on the ground. Uh, and then I listened to This American Life, which is an excellent uh, American program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Radio Lab about science and technology. Uh, a lot of comedians have good programs. Oh, yeah. Also interview programs. Yeah. So it is a while. I mean, that's one of the things I miss about making frames is that I could stand and listen to like six, seven hours of podcasts in a yeah. day. Ah, yeah. And, uh, you know, makes sense. <laughs> now that's gone though. So now it's just like, I have this list on my phone, just backing up of hundreds of episodes, which I haven't listened to, which is a little stressful, <laughs> but, uh, but it's a good point because for me, uh, I'm kind of curious how much you guys have a studio practice because that would be the place where you, for example, have time to listen to radio. But considering that you guys are not one, not two, not three, but four people, you're probably almost never in the studio together. We use like um, Skype as a meeting point. So we, yeah. Consistently. Yeah. Huh. That's kind of become our studio. <clears throat> Yeah, because of Christian being been, in prison. It's been our studio. Uh, do you each individually have spaces that you work in when you need to make individual works? Or do you not even have a, uh, a, a space? Usually we have a space. Uh, at the moment we don't. But okay. that's not really planned. <laughs> well, shit happens. Yeah. You don't know that. <laughs> Um, and it's also a point right now where it's very hard to find space in the city. I yeah. consider myself very lucky, but I mean, it's gotten harder and harder. Yeah. I also started to look for a new apartment and then it's kind of the sim- a similar thing. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, workspaces, offices. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I read recently, I grew up just North of San Francisco Someone somewhere said that rent has doubled in San Francisco since 2011. And it was just kind of like, oh my God, (laughs) like how is, you know, and it's obviously not that bad here, but we're in a time now where these, you know, it's becoming harder and harder to afford for artists, especially to have workspaces and to, to be able to, you know, exist. And I imagine you guys make a lot of kind of larger works and some of them are, are somewhat, Site specific or made on the location. True, but you must do some testing too, at least for some of it. Yeah. Or uh, is it mostly just all in your head and then it gets made? Uh, a lot of time it's uh, been, we've done it at a uh, workshop, like uh, the carpenters we use or. Uh, so the process of making it kind of is also the process of testing. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of time just managing projects, I assume, then. You know, if you're going to make some crazy frames, for example, those are the ones I know, then you have to find someone to make them. You have to find out if it's possible. You have ideas, but how do they become physical? And so there's a lot of back and forth, I imagine. Yeah, and we kind of need uh, the expertise of other people. So we can't really do the frames ourselves at our studio, so... We're really dependent on craftsmen. Right. 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 It's like it's project management in a way. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> in a way. But where did it, where did it like, I mean, so, cause the idea of art school is that you go to learn a trade in a weird, in, in, a, in a very basic way. You go to learn how to make things with your hands and then it becomes more and more uh, kind of, conceptual too in your you know in uh, the 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 making of ideas one way or another but did you guys you guys all went to school together right Mm -hmm. at the at the academy when did you guys start realizing that you guys could work together or or thought similarly or you know where did where did the beginning (laughs) of ACAS it come from yeah we kind of coincidence started to make a, a proposal for, a, for actually for a medicine medicine company uh, okay outside of the academy yeah okay. uh, and it, that was already in the second or third year so f- came to find out, find out okay 
we can fool around. We can make some stuff that we wouldn't do on our own. And uh, yeah, the ping pong, it's more fun when you're four. Mm. Uh, to hash out ideas and yeah. talk about it that way. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it seems, you know, artists are so, so known for being individualistic. Again, we're speaking in generalities here, but, but, you know, four people is a lot of people to manage in terms of developing ideas too. You have to, you know, you can't always agree on how things should be done. I imagine. Yeah, but on the other hand, when you're alone, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> True story. True, good point. Yeah. But I mean, I find it very interesting. So, so when you went to school, you guys, by the time you were done with school, were you guys, this is it, this is what we're doing? Did you have the name by then? Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. I remember uh, Morden. He, he forgot about it uh, when I told him five or seven years later. He said when we were, we had a studio in Epsilon, uh super cold and, and he was like, okay, we have to, we have to see how this is in five years. And then we have to uh, evaluate on that. And of course we, we don't make five year plans or anything, no but one. it just kind of stuck in my head. And when I said it, it said to him, uh, uh, yeah, probably seven years later. I rem I remember you uh, you said this. He was like, okay, I forgot about all about it. <laughs> and maybe luckily, uh, right? Well, then it wasn't that important, obviously. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe not. <laughs> what about the name? A Kessa. I guess it, I guess it should be explained to people who don't aren't from Denmark. But A Kessa is a help me out here. It's an unemployment insurance. Uh, Union, yeah, Gr the grouping. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're the the way they, they administer the payment of unemployment insurance in Denmark, right? More or yeah. less. Yeah, they're uh, it, it's a big thing here, though. Everybody knows what it is. Uh, it's they're they're strong. They fill a lot of uh, you know. They're also unions, I guess you yeah. should mm -hmm. say. It's it's an arm of the work unions that administers money. And you don't even have to be a member of the work union to be a member of the ACAS. Uh, but what does that have to do with you guys? <laughs> it's pretty random. <laughs> <laughs> like some, yeah, some projects mm -hmm. and it's in a way it, maybe you can say it was one of our first projects or because we work on ideas and also just, to kind of take a take a word or take a name and put some other meaning into it, uh, kind of. I, I think it's interesting for uh, for us and to see now the once in a while while an uh, article in the newspaper where in the cultural section there's something about Akerson making a show. And for people not knowing about our group, it's like it, it, right, it must be very confusing. It's super <laughs> confusing, and it must be like, what is what is this about? Uh, right. Are they so using my tax money to make art yeah. shows? Is that what's going <laughs> yeah, on? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so it's uh, so in that uh, in that sense, uh, it pr it's pretty much in line of how we work. Mm. Uh, it's nice to kind of confuse uh, uh, yeah yeah well you've delighted in irony as far as I can tell you guys mm -hmm. like to be ironic and you like to kind of mess with established things so in that sense it, it, it makes perfect sense uh, and it's funny is you know when I found out about you guys I didn't really know what a real egg has it was mm. oh. so <laughs> we, we, we kind of liked the idea also uh, when we're not in Denmark Right, Kessen works like just a normal name. Right. Do people <laughs> ask you about it? Like, what is it? And sometimes, and some people think it's it's one person or two person. Also, this we kind like of spell it with a, a space between the first and the second. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, actually, that's just for the construction of it. So, if you do a alphabetic, the ordered 
a list of artists. We kind of you guys are always on top. Yeah, <laughs> we thought that was quite neat in the beginning. Uh, and then others see it as a, a first name and a second name. Yeah, I was going to say it looks like Mr. A. Casson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Casson. You know, here he comes. We here get, she we, comes. Totally, we get some uh, spam sometimes. Uh, dear Mr. Casson. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it 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 does look to me like you guys are having a good time, which is uh, which is nice. Because it doesn't always look like everybody's having a good time, especially in the arts. You know, it can get it can get pretty heavy and pretty serious. Um, here you guys are. You decide to make a group. You're out of art school. Had you guys all kind of given up on any sort of idea of individual practice and decided this is it? We're going to work as a group. I mean, because you went into art school with an individual practice, right? Some of you perhaps were painters or, uh, you know, whatever yeah. it might have been when you started. <laughs> yeah, I think we we all found out that, okay, in this group we can, it has space for, because it's about ideas, so it has space for, uh, for all of other, uh, us, uh, the ideas we kind of have, uh, of course, and then developing them together it's uh, it makes sense it just works better yeah, yeah so what happens when you're done i mean obviously well not obviously were you able to immediately start working as a Kesson? or did real life <laughs> the academy intrude? well yeah when you're done you graduate mm. then there's no more state support for education you know <laughs> it's time to get a job it's time to whatever I don't think we. It's much more different being in a group uh, in that sense. Uh, but we, in a way, of course, it helped uh, supporting each other. Okay, I'm feeling bad today. Two other guys are uh, on the high note, so mm-hmm. so we kind of uh, yeah take. Take each other, but bring each other through the yeah, mm. uh, and and keep focused and uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Were you able to find enough work as four working people to to make ACAS and into reality? Because I mean, the other thing is your guys' projects often involve time and money and uh, you know you they're not just a, a drawing which you can hang on the wall you guys often have to organize a lot beforehand uh, find funding make a budget uh, all those sort of things were you able to work like that immediately after school I think so <laughs> that's amazing yeah um I think we were really lucky. Uh, we got like support from the Danish uh, Art Council and everything. So yeah, in order to do specific projects or uh, or just kind of in general to get to make work, both. That's what's so fantastic about the system here. Yeah, yeah. and really, yeah, in the beginning where you need it the most. Right, right. Well, I mean that's tremendous and. I know you guys ended up working with Nicolai Downer later, but what? Who were who were you guys working with in the beginning, in terms of institutions or galleries or etc.? <laughs> mm. Yeah, just uh, very yeah, very soon after the academy, we started with Birgit Kirchhoff. Mm-hmm. I remember. Uh, yeah, had this gallery for for some time also. Yeah, and uh, it was very much experimental art, kind of. Less commercial, more, um, yeah, more, more, yes, was, more. yes, uh, she wasn't interested or she didn't know how to make a business. <laughs> <laughs> As often the most interesting galleries <laughs> yeah. are, you know, uh, yeah, and then after that, also, we uh, uh, we started with some other artists, this uh, project gallery space, Emo. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, were you guys part of building that? Yeah. Uh, okay, with Tolke. Exactly, yeah. And uh, some other people. Torben, Maiken, 
Janet Hansen. So yeah, uh, so kind of yeah, we've. It's a longer story, but after Birgitte closed, she was supposed to have this uh, space in Carlsberg. Yeah, the, her gallery should have moved there, but she decided to close it. That was the um, one which then became Yeah, Hugo. Yeah, so, okay. and Nikolai asked different artists, uh, I have a space here, would you be interested in coming up with a, uh, a format? Uh, and then different groupings of uh, artists uh, had suggestions of okay, we would like to do it like this, and mm. and we were I don't know thirteen artists maybe, uh, kind of trying to shape right. what what could be interesting, what would be what would we like to be a part of uh, when we now didn't have a gallery, so yeah, so we that for five years i mean if you think about it that's pretty amazing to kind of take what's left over from the closing of an experimental gallery which was not very business-minded and turn that into an artist-run space mm -hmm. uh <laughs> once again another thing which you know it takes more administration and, and takes time out of any sort of art making time and budget you might have had uh but that was also kind of in a way Emo seemed to lead a wave of artist-driven spaces that have opened since. That was open for five years, and then a couple years ago, there was just... I know there, there was some support money that arrived, but there was just, oh, you know, all these places that opened. Green is Gold, mm -hmm. 68 Art Institute, uh, you know, all these sort of artist-driven spaces. And uh, in a way, you guys kind of restarted that. <clears throat> Yep, I don't know, but may, this that I think maybe when Begitte closed, uh, that was exactly when the boom had been. So the crash came there. Right. So there were no need for uh, artists to run spaces because there were so many galleries. <laughs> so there were just the galleries on every corner. Right. Uh, and then... Uh, and some of those had to close. And yeah, so they closed. And then then now, yeah, it's been... There's really a lot of artist-run spaces. Uh, uh, mm. And But what you uh, mentioned about this, all the administration, and from the beginning we, we knew, okay, we need to have somebody to deal with that and uh, who knew how to do that right so from the start we were the artist went out to look for Toge and Sarah Hedler who was uh, the ones starting out in the office you could say right so this to have some uh, doing the administration yeah and, and so it's the opposite way inviting uh, gallerists mm. to represent us uh, uh, because we we tried to kind of that was the that was the idea part gallery part artist run space part uh, institution uh, we will take the best of all of it mm. uh, makes a lot of sense yeah if uh, at that point it, it made sense for five years <laughs> right and then well you know all things move on yeah but what did it like? How did that affect your guys' own practice? Did it? What did you learn from being part of that? And how did that? Yeah, how did that kind of? What did that mean for AKS and as a group and as an artistic entity? Or was it separate? You know, was it was it completely something that happened on the side of what very you much, guys did? very much actually? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that kind of. Uh, not part of our uh, practice in that sense, but of course, all the uh, we also were involved in the curating and. But you uh, must have learned a fair amount. Yeah, and also uh, a very nice way to, like you are doing this, a, a way to uh, make contact to uh, to other artists. Find uh, find artists you like and invite them uh, from the other end of the world. Mm. It's, uh, that's that's uh, 
that's a very nice uh, thing in the arts that we have this common language. So I'm interested in these things you do on this paper. Uh, would you like to show it here? So, uh, so this yeah exchange yeah it's super interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it does seem to me like a lot of the people I talk to here, it kind of comes back to again and again, people looking around and saying, okay, I'll just do it myself. Because a lot of people wait for some sort of external validation, whether it's sales or uh, acceptance into shows or, you know, getting past the gatekeepers in some way or another. And then a lot of people just are like, nah, fuck it. I'll just do it myself. And, uh, and it seems like that almost never can go wrong. Like, Obviously, no one's going to get rich off of it. We know that. But but that you you learn enough, you meet people, stuff happens, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and then, you know, if, if no one, if you guys hadn't done that, then emo wouldn't have existed. And, uh, you know, a lot of people's lives would be very different. Tokas and, uh, you know, people you guys invited. Uh, you know, and it's interesting, for example, uh, a, a woman I went to school with showed at emo. Mm-hmm. Well, I never thought, you know, uh, Talia Chetridge, uh, I knew her back in the day in Chicago. And then, you know, I saw all of a sudden, holy shit, she showed there, you know, mm-hmm. and it's that, it's that small world thing again, where people reach all, reach across divides or, you know, spaces at least in order to find each other. But you guys did keep it separate from your own practice. In the meantime, you were working on your own things and, uh. And then emo closed, probably because it got to be too much work, I assume, for everybody. <clears throat> yeah. Also, people got uh, gallery, other galleries, uh, and yeah, keeping it, uh, keeping it fresh, as it were, in the beginning was. It was this okay, either. It had to turn into a gallery, pretty much. Right, a commercial uh, gallery. Yeah, or or some new energy should have been there because, kind of, in the beginning we were super ambitious and uh, building new uh, museum wall or uh, uh, gallery walls for every show. Uh, Tearing down, building up uh, every. Right, you have all the energy in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was super fun. It's like yeah, uh, yeah. Right, but then real life happens at some point, and you kind of need to have the economy for yeah, making it go on. Right, both the financial and uh, kind of personal yeah. energy economy. Yeah, I mean it's a. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's hard, and and it's 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 especially tough with those kind of things. The constant kind of you're almost out of money always, you know, <laughs> and you're you're constantly like, oh fuck, we gotta write some applications, we gotta do this, we gotta do that, and after a while, it becomes really tiring to constantly spend so much time finding money just to be able to work. And, you know, I, I, that's the reality also of being artists, but, but, uh, especially a nonprofit artist driven space, they're never going to have a lot of money sitting around, but what happened afterwards? Emo closes. Everybody agrees. Good idea. Thanks for this time. You know, <laughs> onwards. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Did you guys start talking to Nikolai immediately afterwards? Uh, he approached us before, mm. so so we were kind of already kind of more or less working with both Emo and Nikolai. I do remember you guys were in some group shows over yeah. there or something. Yeah. So so this uh, bit strange to have a commercial gallery and next door uh, coming out in space. So yeah. So it kind of. Yeah, I think we just sat back and found out, okay, we've been running it for five years and we were less artists than in the beginning. And yeah, so it was kind of a natural ending. Right. And then it was, of course, natural 
since you'd already been working with Nikolai Valner mm. to kind of move over there. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a good space and he is, uh, he's ambitious in his desire to make larger projects. So it's, a, it's a very natural fit. Um, when you guys were starting out, did you think as big as you think now in terms of projects, taking an entire museum and removing the windows, for example, or were you, did you even dare to dream that big? I think we already or mm -hmm. always had silly ideas uh, or silly or it's like we never we never uh, see if it's uh, if it's possible it's just trying to get the talk going or the ideas flowing and then uh, okay is it possible to to make small people know. Okay, so we skip that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Dream first, practical idea, yeah. or, you yeah. know, making it possible. Yeah. So I can. Well, I mean, it's, it's resulted in some pretty things, and uh, I don't mean pretty, I mean some pretty large things. It's resulted in some pretty large things, and I think that's, uh, I, you know, for me, I often laugh. I think your guys' works are really inherently funny. I heard you mention earlier, silly. Uh, do you guys see them that way? Are they humorous? Mm. They're not like only humorous. No, it's I kind agree. of just everything. We don't. <laughs> Sometimes they're boring. <laughs> so it's, uh, but that can also be fun, right? Uh, so it's so kind of having the having the whole perspective and. And it's like watching a movie. I'm not only interested in f uh, fun comments uh, if if it has some depth. Mm -hmm. Also, somewhere along the movie, uh, that's also sure. Well, comedy can be a great critique, you know, and it can be a great way to kind of uh, ask questions yeah. about things too. But it is purposeful on your part to to kind of make it irreverent. Maybe is the better word. Uh, I don't know that word. Irreverent. Irreverent is, uh, you're not being super serious. Reverence is, you know, like this. So irreverent is, uh, is, uh, yeah, just saying kind of like, eh, it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be taken so seriously. Even if it is important, it doesn't have to be taken necessarily mm -hmm. seriously. Uh, you know, like, for example, the piece you guys did with the building facade flipped on its head. You know, one could say, okay, that's just a facade flip. On the other hand, it's talking about an empty building behind it that hasn't been filled and this desire to cover that up. This kind mm. of like silly idea that like, oh, no, 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 we can't. Don't look at that. You know, that's mm. that's not what our town's about. You know, yeah. and and to me, that seems like a, a, a fun way to talk about that. Mm. You know, because there's a lot of pieces. There's the, 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 the houses, which... Uh, which are filled with concrete and then taken down, you know, sculptures, I forget her name, the mm. British artist, uh, those sort of things, you know, which talk about urban planning, but they seem a little more serious to me. Yeah, not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those pieces are your pieces. Her pieces. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. Um, but, I mean, where do you, what, what, what's the process like? Where do you guys start? Are you guys all coming to the table on, on, on Skype and saying, oh, I had this idea or I had this idea? Or It could be that way. Um, yes, sometimes it's just uh, the location where we are invited to show or the kind of context mm. that, is, that is on. Um, I brought this catalog from... Uh, from the award, <laughs> the Carnegie Art Award. Yeah. Um, and, yeah... It was a fairly big group exhibition prize. Absolutely. Um, and we were in it, and then it closed. And then uh, we were invited by Den Free to show there instead of that show. And then uh, it was just a good context to kind of copy this, the whole show. Right, to remake the whole thing. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I, I love it. I think it's really funny in some weird way. I mean, I, I really don't mean that in a bad way. I do mean it in a, in a very positive way, that there's something about it, which, which the Danes have this great obsession to take the piss out of, you know, to piss po- uh, to, uh, about, about things that are very serious. And, uh, and I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys also seem to be kind of interested in ideas about authorship and who has the right to to say what's theirs and what's not theirs. And uh, you guys don't tend to make artworks which kind of traditionally fit into, uh, you know, put it in a frame, hang it on the wall kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I guess maybe that's because we fall, but all... <laughs> Kind of like all aspects of uh, what what is possible in the art world to make something that's framed and that just is hanging on the wall. That's if it's a good work, it's a good work. Right. So, so it's uh, so we kind of I don't think we uh, uh, try to uh, put ourselves in some direction or it's. Uh, uh, ever changing, mm. uh, hopefully, uh, not not limiting uh, the possibilities, uh, and that's uh, when you're four. It's kind of natural, okay, keeping keeping your eyes and ears open uh, towards reality and towards the other guys, right? Well, I guess you don't have identity per se individually. You know, you have identity as a group, which is very much open. You can do whatever. You don't have to answer to any sort of, uh, oh, no, I don't work like that. You know, you, you're, you're free. Mm. You're freer in a way. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys look to anybody else for examples when you started working together? I mean, obviously, the the, the yeah, people probably mention Superflex to you guys a lot, uh, but I mean, did you guys think about any sort of groups beforehand, or was that not important? Uh, maybe not like a, a conscious thing, but uh, of course, Superflex are just that older than us, and and they were just all over it the time when we were in the academy mm. um, so of course we we look to them but yeah we've been in a way curious uh, to to work in collaborations also uh, Sal and Christian started out making a lot of projects together and mm. we've been working together in other constellations also uh, and then just finding out, okay, this uh, it's like again playing ping pong, playing in a band. It's it's more fun. Uh, uh, it's there's a conversation you can. Uh, uh, you're not going insane in your own mind. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. You're going insane together. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's the, I guess, the point is that something can happen as a group that cannot happen as individuals, right? I mean, it must be, uh, it must be something along those lines. Because, I mean, I often find that, for example, if I'm working on an idea, I set some sort of arbitrary limits, not on purpose, but in my head, I'm just like, no, this is the way it should be. And then, you know, maybe a year later, I think, oh, but it could go this much farther. And I guess maybe it's helpful for you guys to be like, no, 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 we could also do this or we could, you know, to kind of expand base ideas into larger uh, actual projects and, and, um, and things uh, through, you know, kind of egging each other on basically saying, oh, that's a good idea, but check this out or, you know, why don't we take it even farther? Or Very much. Yeah. We kind of, <laughs> have uh, a lot of uh, discussion about things and then yeah is there a little bit of competition too between you guys 
No, not really, because it's like um, it doesn't really. It's like sharing this project. So, if uh, me or Tommy, it doesn't matter who who makes it better. Just it's <laughs> right as a team that yeah. gets together, gets it gets somewhere. Well, I mean, you guys have started working a lot kind of internationally too it seems like in the last couple of years is that right in a way we were lucky from the beginning already with Kirchhoff uh, uh, who invited us for uh, Liste mm-hmm. uh, the fair in Basel and uh, there we got an invitation for a museum show in Spain so that was one or two years after we came out of uh, the academy so we were that's wild yeah super lucky getting this uh, uh, but we thought it was natural in a way so so we uh, of course we appreciated it but in a way it was like yeah of course we got an invitation here so it's uh, so yeah uh, in a way we've uh, we all uh, always felt that okay we're working as much in other countries than in Denmark. Mm. Well, I mean, that's nice also because Denmark has, uh, has a lot of advantages and some limitations in terms of, uh, you know, like there's a lot of, uh, options for support here, which is tremendous. Uh, and you know, that support can also be used elsewhere. You don't have to have projects only in Denmark. I mean, you know, the state supports a lot of public installations, a lot of, uh, what they call Usmirkning's uh, uh, projects, um, et cetera, et cetera. And that lets you dream bigger, mm. you know? And I imagine also that you guys, you know, there isn't as much here a tradition of private funds, uh, cons- like, uh, you know, funding works. There's some, but it's less so than other countries where the state pays a smaller role. But abroad, I mean, I imagine Nikolai, for example, part of his job is helping find partners for larger projects. Yeah. Or does that happen more through other institutions? Both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, because he works very institutionally. He, he's with a lot of museums and, uh, you know, on, on projects which maybe wouldn't necessarily sell to collectors. It's more about installation and public engagement, and et cetera. Um, do you guys have any preference in terms of like where you work? Do you prefer to work with, for example, a museum rather than uh, rather than uh, a gallery, or is it project dependent? <laughs> yeah, I think the that's the nice part with our job uh, that some works fit better in a gallery, some works fit better as a public work or at a festival or mm-hmm. so we this that you are able to kind of be be all over uh is is a really uh I enjoy that a lot to be able to because uh yeah the the context is uh is very important for our works and it's and actually, we uh, the way we work, uh, the practices. Uh, we can both work outside, like land land art, or, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, tiny spaces, or uh, so it's it's very variable and scalable uh, in all senses, actually, mm. uh, and that's. Really, yeah. Enjoy making a project for Roskiller Festival, and then the next is at a gallery in Spain. Uh, so, being able to jump uh, uh, from one platform to the other, being flexible. Yeah, yeah, and also it, it. Uh, I guess this that with four people. Uh, uh, it makes totally sense that you that we respond to the context or to the to the space 
because that's that's something concrete to to talk about. Okay, we have this hospital. We have to come up with a proposal for. Okay, what does it consist of? What what do we have to uh, right? What react do we work with? Yeah, uh, and then uh, and then you think your ideas from uh, out from that uh, departure point. Right. Uh, so it uh, so it's really like. It uh, it works pretty well. This getting an invitation and then looking at it. Of course, we have some. Then we have projects and the luggage. We can take. Uh, we had this idea. We never right showed. here. It fits. Maybe it fits or, here, yeah, or we could it, if yeah. we do. If we adjust it, then it fits. So yeah. So is that usually how it is? You guys get invited somewhere and then you look into it and say, "Here's what." Like, let's take, for example, let's look at the project you guys did again with the facade that was flipped. That was in a town called uh, Fetsa, right? New Caribbean Fetsa. How does that, how does a project like that come about? Uh, I think we did a couple of site visits and then found the spot. And But it was for an invitation for this. Uh, okay, so the city invited you? To a festival. Okay. Like an art festival. So you guys just showed up in town and started looking around, basically? Yeah. And you guys were like, what's that? Yeah, also, the, sometimes the curators helps us and saying, okay, we have these spots uh, that might interest you. Okay. And sometimes they know us uh, fairly well and know, okay, this could be something interesting for you, something that they've been fascinated about. Mm. And then it's, yeah, that's really interesting. Or maybe on the way we find something else. Uh, but it's... Yeah, doing site visits and talk to to the people that know more uh, where to look. Right. Well, I guess, yeah, I mean, having all the ideas in the world and then having constraints helps kind of like focus things. You've got, a, you've got infinite possibilities, but then only one city and then only one space and then only one budget and then one, you know, and then you can kind of narrow it down in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh it does, yeah, it seems like it would provide a lot of flexibility. And being, like, you guys have to be nimble. You have to be able to jump on anything. Like you say, something large, something small. Um, do you guys ever think about your work in terms of, like, oh, well, this idea is not part of what we've done before? Like, do you ever try to think about, like, we have a specific style or we have a way of doing things and we should... We should keep it going like that, or it doesn't matter. You just get there, you work together, and things just happen the way they happen. Yeah, it's again this trying to keep it open, uh, and sometimes it's like, okay, this idea it's very much in line of what we done, so it makes sense. It's still a new project, but it's very much in line, and sometimes it's. For instance, this copying the the paintings in a way uh, in line, but also a very unusual work or right. a project. So for you guys, uh, so yeah, I and of course, the more works we do, the more uh, likable to likely it is that it. Uh, that it's in line with something else that right. we've done. Right, and if the four of you guys all are going in one direction, it probably kind of brings back whatever it was that brought you together in the first place. You know, so there would be a natural line. Is this the works being produced in China? Exactly. <laughs> so you guys photographed everything and sent it to China, or what? We had a early... Uh, version of the original catalog as a Uh, very um, small PDF and then we just uploaded it on the homepage of this uh, factory that produces oil paintings that's so wild and so they just copied everything yeah but we didn't have the actual sizes of the work so we had to kind of guess based off of memory or no, but the show, uh, the thing was that we didn't see the show before we got the PDF. So before we had, the, uh, yeah, 
we had the idea before we saw the actual works. Right. So, and because the uh, the invitation uh, was, uh, it was very close to the opening date because uh, they got the cancellation of the show uh, three months before. So they were like, "That's not a lot." Of time. Uh, would you do an exhibition here? You have to say yes by tomorrow. It's in three months. Yes. Good luck. <laughs> it was supposed to be that, but that that's uh, the original show opened in Stockholm two weeks after we got the invitation from Den Free. So we got the uh, we got the idea and we said yes, and we got the PDF uh, from the original show without knowing. Okay, well, what kind of paintings? What kind of works? Right. And all yeah. the information was and, in that PDF. Yeah. That's and all then, you had. And then mm. we opened up and saw. Okay, there's minimal works, there's expressionist work, there's conceptual works. So, and for uh, for us, it was just a gift. Uh, all of these small uh, surprises and uh, the translation that they did in China. Uh, was just uh, just added on our uh, one single concept right. by spreading it out. So uh, and then going to Stockholm to see the actual show after we decided the sizes of the paintings uh, or the works and going to Stockholm and okay shit we thought this was uh, <laughs> 50 by 50 it's two meters by three meters or right. whatever. Uh, so this uh, so it. So it's really a yeah a, a weird copy. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, did did any of the artists uh, engage with you guys? Any of the people you copied? Uh, did did any, you know what was the response like? Um, most of the artists were really annoyed uh, with the the, <laughs> pro- the art prize actually because it cancelled this, this tour. Oh right. So right. so we kind of had their support in doing it. Okay. Uh, maybe there was one who didn't really was into his work being copied. There's always one. Yeah. <laughs> but this yeah. Uh, but also we tried to kind of uh, uh, work together with the other artists. So. Uh, you told we, them beforehand? We told them a week before uh, that, <laughs> uh, that they were invited for the opening. And right. we would actually, because we had a budget, so we could we knew, okay, they're probably not all flying in, but we could actually pay uh, pay their flights. So, oh, wow. so inviting them also to make it to make it a, a proper copy. So it was so they were there super to fun to see work. this uh, uh, Icelandic guy standing proud or not so proud before his uh, in front of his uh, painting his artwork which he didn't make <laughs> yeah. uh, so it added of course it added on to the stories right. really like this that where does the work start and where does it end uh, right but but then again it, it wasn't really a exact copy of their work and uh, we kind of think of it as a as, uh, installation so we, we don't uh, compete with them we don't sell right that's what would be my point is that yeah. it doesn't really have anything to do with their artwork in a weird way I mean obviously it is but yeah. it is an installation about an exhibition which was cancelled it's not about that individual paintings yeah. exactly or, or whatever yeah it's it's uh, it's by chance who end the when the show right uh, so it's uh, it's they're just a piece of the parcel in a way. Right. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, what happened? Why did the show get canceled? Uh, the Carnegie, it's an investment bank mm-hmm. in Sweden and they got a new director and he's more into sports. So he's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's good at sports. Maybe. Uh, so this, uh, uh, changing the focus for for sports instead of arts and uh, arts and the old director he was he was really he made a speech also uh, for the uh, for the opening in Stockholm and was 
he was really critic, uh, critically talking about that change now. And so they opened this it had, because also they kind of uh, promised that the tour would, uh, that the works would tour. Seems like they really set up a whole exhibition and then it, just yeah, pulled out. Yeah, so it's, it, it was only shown in Stockholm in a kind of weird, in the academy, in kind of weird spaces. So yeah. it wasn't really, so we, yeah, and that's also what we were super lucky with this show that it first was shown in, at Den Fri, and then we had it in Norway on a tiny Biennale, mm-hmm. uh, and then in Iceland in, a, in the National Museum where they had Carnegie several years back also. So that kind of it. Right, it got a life of its own. Yeah, and so we kind of toured with the Falls, uh, the fake show. Mm. Uh, Do you guys believe in luck? Because you keep saying you're lucky. But it occurs to me that in a way it's not so much luck, it's that you guys have a sharp eye for opportunity. Shit happens in the world, and if you're there... When the Carnegie Art Awards show all of a sudden cancels, sure, it's luck, but it's also being uh, flexible again and on top of it and saying, oh, there's our chance. Yeah, you, I guess you can talk a lot about uh, luck and the philosophy in that. Uh, <laughs> luck and opportunity. It, and- but, of course, to, uh, say... Uh, yeah, at least seeking the possibilities in there. And it's... Uh, yeah, for us, this has been more interesting than the original show touring, for sure. Uh, because it's uh, it's a whole other comment on institutions, uh, cultural production, uh, everything. Uh, so... There's more to talk about. Yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah well I like your uh, analogy about being a band Um, so I'm looking forward to your guys' album (laughs) you guys make (laughs) something Um, cool well thank you I just wanted to hear before we end up here what's what's next what's coming up for you guys what are you working on Mm. or is it secret no Uh, secret only that one We're doing a show in Belgium. Um, yeah, that's it's uh, that's a it's a nice concept. Uh, it's uh, institution called CAP C A B, uh, and they got this uh, Jean Prouvé house uh, architect uh, who made these. How do you say? Re assemble houses, uh, so you he can you can take it apart and put it up in somewhere in Africa. Yeah. Okay, so it's this, yeah uh, Lego architecture. <laughs> kind of, uh, so they had the, they got one of his houses and made it in the uh, in their space, and then the next year they're making shows around that house. So all the all the shows has to kind of work with this uh, as a uh, as the start. Uh, yeah, and we were invited to in a group show, so that it's that's a nice uh, uh, format in a way, or you can say uh, this. It's it's right, not nice a foundation it's, to work on. Yeah, it's not an empty space. You're right. always normally uh, invited. To an empty space. Right. Do you guys uh, do you guys do a lot of research? Depending on <laughs> <it>. so <laughs> what you mean by <laughs> research, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, we all interested in reality in a way, and so so I guess living our life is kind of a research. Uh, this moving from one spot to the other. Uh, watching a YouTube clip, digging deeper into something else. Right. Everything is kind of research. We're all, we all like reality. It's a good one. It's a good place to end. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks guys. Thanks for your time. Yeah.
welcome. Thanks for coming on. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Undergang Armchair. The intro and outro music was kindly provided by Johnny Ripper, and today's interstitial music was provided by RC. You can find links to their music and tons of other conversations with great people on our Memorial for Jacosova website, undergang.net. If you do like the show, we would appreciate it if you'd take the time to leave a review on iTunes so others can find us. This show is produced with the kind support of the Danish Arts Council. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we already miss you, Jay. Safe travels onwards. <laughs>